Hello, listeners. You are listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and com. I am uh, your producer, Mr. Zach Gandra, and with me as always is the inimitable Steve Gandra. I'm finally starting to get used to that inimitable title you keep talking to me about. Yeah. Hey, Steve, can I give you a reminder? We're like 100 shows in, but you got to talk directly <laughs> into the microphone. <laughs> I'm doing better. I'm doing better. I'm doing better. I love it. I love it. Um, did you get some new glasses on you? I got some new glasses on. Nice. I'm proud of you for stepping up the, your glasses. They're again. just reading glasses. <laughs> <laughs> so you, we actually, we just got done. Excellent Cultures just finished with a huge event with uh, Shark Tank original Kevin Harrington. Do you want to update the yeah, listeners Kevin on was, how that Kevin went? was in town uh, last week, did a great job, spoke at the Seattle Rotary, spoke um, online, uh, actually on the King 5 news show. He spoke at the Entrepreneurs Organization and then at Concur Software. Uh, did a phenomenal job of really activating uh, corporate innovation culture and the cultures of corporate innovation in the Seattle area. Lots of fun, got rave reviews. Um, and if you're listening, uh, you want to go to, if you want to hear Kevin, you want to go to the excellentcultures.com slash podcast and uh, listen in because he did a great radio show a couple of weeks ago that's now podcast. Absolutely. And uh, secondarily, if you have a question, you want to contact Kevin or you want to contact us and any questions regarding today's guest, you can do that while you're, hopefully you're not driving, not while you're driving, but you can email us at asktheexperts at excellentcultures.com and we'll get right back to you. Not to mention, you can also get a free online culture assessment right over there at excellentcultures.com. Look for the green monster and uh, you're going to punch him with your click button. Punch him hard. That's basically it. Punch him hard. I'm really excited about our guest today. Uh, I first had the opportunity to listen to Orlando speak at a World Trade, Seattle World Trade, World Trade Center event. Orlando's the uh, president of the Holland America Lines, great cruise lines, headquartered here in the Seattle area, but serving serving the world. We'll get him to tell you more about the firm. But I mean, this is a guy who really gets culture, really gets culture and really gets the connection between the culture of excellence inside of an organization and the outcome and the results and the business performance that happens. So uh, Orlando, welcome to the show. We're so happy to have you. Well, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. Awesome. Yeah. So t tell, tell our listeners some more, you know, I was also especially impressed about the book that you've written, the one that you have coming up. Uh, as well as all the great work you're doing at Holland America Lines. Can you uh, up update our, our audience on the work that you do and how you're doing it and the great things that are happening in your life and at Holland America? Sure. Uh, well, I, I've been with Holland America Line now about 15 months, so I'm new to cruising and new to the cruise industry. Uh, my background is in human human capital, human resources, and so I have a 20-plus year career doing um, HR, organizational development. I've been a consultant. I've been a CHRO for uh, major, major, some major companies uh, here in the, in the United States, and I've worked and lived all, all over the world. And so I do business from an HR perspective, and that's what I've brought to uh, Holland America Line. And so when I was first approached about this opportunity, uh, I was a bit surprised, um, flattered and surprised, uh, not having grown up in the cruising industry or having a lot of experience with cruising. But what I've learned is that this business is about human capital. So it's about creating an environment and a culture for our guests. And it's also about creating an environment and a culture for our employees. Because 
cruising is about creating memorable moments, and memorable moments happen between people. And so my expertise as a HR-type person uh, has really been uh, appropriate and, 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 and played out pretty pretty positively in trying to have an impact on, on this business, which has a very rich history, 143 years, uh, second oldest cruise line in the world. And wow. so... Uh, proud and honored to be the current custodian of this uh, rich brand. And we've been here in Seattle for over 30 years, 33 years, I think, to be exact. So a lot of people don't know that. A lot of the cruise lines are, are down in Florida, but we are Seattle's hometown cruise line, based here, right here in Seattle for over 30 years. So Orlando, for our, our guests that are listening, especially from outside of the Seattle area and outside of Washington State, uh, with all of the cruise line ads that we see in the media and on television and social media, all the time. Uh, why should we go on a Holland America cruise as opposed to all the other opportunities that are out there? Well, first and foremost, I'm an advocate for the industry. So when you have a choice to vacation, we'd like you to start with deciding cruising is what I want to do. It's the best value, go. vacation value in the world. Now, once you have decided I want to take a cruise, what I love about Holland America Line, for that person that wants to cruise in a classic style, and so like I said, 143-year history, touches of luxury, European elegance, tradition, service. We're renowned for our service, the way we take care of our guests. And for people that want to enjoy a wonderful meal, a better bottle of wine, the opportunity to learn and be developed and enriched as a person while going to some wonderful destinations. We go to over 400 ports, all seven continents, 120 different countries. And so for people that want to, the words I like to use, touch, feel, and taste, a location and a destination, and and cruise in a classic, mature way, Holland America Line is the line for you. Well, so it sounds like the experience is phenomenal, but you can also visit all seven continents and still keep doing business with Holland America. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Absolutely. I was, Absolutely. Al- I was also, uh, when I listened to you speak last time, I was also uh, exceptionally taken in a positive way with the book that you've written and the new book that you have coming out. Can you share a little bit about, you know, what's the content in the book? Uh, where, you know, where do we get it? When's the new one going to come out? Our listeners love to study this kind of stuff. Sure, sure. Well, uh, so the, the previous book that I wrote, I guess about two years ago now, it's called Talentism. And it's a, basically a study. Uh, in that book, I'm predicting a bit of a disruption in the way people get connected to jobs and jobs to people. And so today in the world, uh, you know, you, you have a significant number of people that are looking for work while companies continually struggle to find people for their, for their jobs, for their opportunities. So there's a disconnect in the world in the way people, um, the way organizations filter for talent and the way we assess and look at talent and the way we identify who do we think has the potential to be good talent in, in, in roles. And uh, as a person that was identified early in life as a person that had talent and, and as a person that's benefited from people sort of seeing things in me before I saw them in myself and creating opportunities that have allowed me to you know, currently be president of a, of a, of a major cruise line, uh, I've benefited from programs and processes that have you know, allowed me to be chosen, if you will. And I really believe that you know, talent has been sprinkled you know, proportionally across all people, but not all people get an opportunity to get connected to um, those potential jobs or potential opportunities for advancement. And so in the book, I talk about that issue, but I talk about the role that technology can play to help um, 
filter more efficiently for potential people and connect them to opportunities. So whether it's psychometric testing, gamification, uh, online video interviewing, and some of these other technologies uh, promise to be better predictors of job fit and would allow you know, a person from a small city or a more remote location to have equal opportunity to somebody that might live in a large metropolitan area and have better access to, to opportunities. And so um, that's what talentism is about. And then I'm writing a completing a second book that should be out this summer. And that book talks about, it's really a, it's a career book. Uh, I've been fortunate to um, have had a lot of insight on how to manage and navigate one's career. I do a lot of public speaking on the topic. And so I decided to take some of my best thoughts around careers and career planning and put them into a book and share that as an offering for people that are trying to figure out how to best navigate sort of corporate culture, corporate environment, and, and their, their life and their careers. And so I'm uh, pretty excited about, uh, about both those books. Yeah, great, great subject matter. I know uh, in listening to you sp- uh, speak about them once again, um, these are you know, right in the sweet spot of the heart of what every company is looking to do in a meaningful way these days, which is you know, maximize their culture in a manner that it creates high-performance high team, high-performance people. So, Orlando, t- t- tell us a little bit about you know, your vision. You know, as you know, we're doing a series on cultures of ethics, values, and employee engagement. What's your vision for the ideal culture of ethics, values, and employee engagement? I mean, the way I would describe it, you know, first off, you know, the way I define culture, culture is a collection of beliefs, behaviors, and assumptions. And it's very difficult for me to manage uh, or control what somebody believes or the assumptions that they make. But what we can do is, under this corporate identity, uh, is agree on a set of behaviors that we're going to engage in. And over time, as those behaviors deliver success, success for you as an individual, success for your team, and success for your company, then that will influence your belief system and the assumptions that you make. So that's the way I think about it. And so I work really hard uh, currently in my role in leading uh, Holland America Line or in roles that I've had in the past where I've been partnering with leaders to shape a culture within an organization that I was a part of to figure out what are those behaviors that we're going to align around that's going to maximize the benefit for the individual, for the team, and for the organization ultimately. And so the way we communicate, the way we decision, make decisions, the way we share information, the way we support one another as, as individuals and leaders, those are all things that are mission critical to create that type of environment that nurtures people but still demands um, success. I don't believe that you have to trade off uh, uh, treatment or uh, positive treatment of individuals for success, I believe you can have both. How do we create the win-win where we each win as individuals can show up to work as our true self, can be energized and excited about the things that we're asked to do each and every day while pushing really hard to deliver value, to deliver uh, a positive winning environment for our shareholders as well as for the team and the organization. And so... Uh, that's how I think about it, if that's helpful. That's awesome. We're going to go into our first break, and uh, we're going to talk more about that when we get back with Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com.
Every Holland America Line cruise comes with a great story. In Alaska's Glacier Bay, we saw an orca whale jump 10 feet into the air. We spent a day on a private island in the Bahamas. White sand and turquoise water. We even had a long lunch with an Italian family in their olive grove. Stories of Holland America Line's classic style and service. Somehow the crew seems to know what I want before I do. I love the live music. There's blues, pop, classical. I took a cooking class, a spinning class, and had a hot stone massage all in one day. Holland America Line. Savor the journey. We danced on the deck under a million stars. Holland America Line offers more than 500 cruise itineraries to destinations around the globe, including Alaska, the Mediterranean, Northern Europe, the Caribbean, Eastern Canada, New England, Australia, New Zealand, and many more. Call your travel professional or visit hollandamerica.com. Ships Registry, the Netherlands. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list, done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better, that politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say, rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, excellent cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms, they go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. Hey, we're back with Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com slash podcast. We're interviewing Orlando Ashford, the president of the Holland America Cruise Line here in Seattle. If you missed the first part of the show, make sure that you get back and listen to the podcast at excellentcultures.com slash podcast because Orlando did a wonderful job uh, before the break, not just telling us about his, his, his book that's out, his new book that's coming out in the whole area of maximizing people and performance and talent in an organization, but also that the Holland America line is the line that if you really want to have a first class, really amazing experience, 
and touch all seven continents is a place to go. What I was especially taken with, Orlando, before the break is your definition of culture. As you know, we've been working with organizations to build high-performance cultures for some almost 38 years now at Excellent Cultures. And usually the first thing we have to do is get the CEO to look up the definition of organizational culture on Google just because it means so many different things to so many different people. Yeah. But in listening to right. you, you got it nailed. I mean, you already, you already looked it up, you assimilated it, you internalized it, and you're working on you know, building your team around it. You know, beliefs, behaviors, and assumptions, right, you know, right on the money, because that's what governs how people perform and act at work, for sure. Uh, so before the break, um, you were talking about you know, your, your vision for an ideal culture of ethics, values, and employee engagement. Uh, what I was especially taken with when I heard you, when you and I talked about this the first time, was your perspective and your desire to build a culture uh, where people can be open and candid and honest about what they think and how they feel, and also be able to recover from a mistake, a mistake when they when they make one at work. Uh, could you spend some time sharing your perspective on those two items? Uh, you know, the why and the what behind them. Because from what we can see, from all the research and all the data, if you can pull that together, uh, those you know the, the beliefs and the and the assumptions that drive the behaviors behind those two elements are just huge in terms of organizational performance. I agree with you completely. I mean, in my experience, um, teams outperform individuals, no matter how smart the individual is, a group will outperform that individual because you'll have multiple perspectives attacking a problem. And a diverse team will outperform a homogeneous team because that diverse team will have different perspectives, points of view, personal trails from which to pull from when attacking a problem. So that's what I've always believed in. So creating an open environment where people can think, triangulate issues, come up with different perspectives uh, is critically important, particularly a business that's consumer oriented. Again, you know, we're in the cruise industry. And so we're in, you know, we serve people. We try to create magical moments for individuals and families on our ships and in ports. And so that's about understanding what our people's interests are, uh, what, what, what motivates them, what excites them, and some of the things that uh, maybe they're not going to be happy about. And so triangulating that with groups and teams and people. So I've got 16,000 employees that make up Holland America Line, the majority of which are on ships uh, and are out there touching uh, and connecting with uh, uh, guests each and every day. I need to take advantage of all those perspectives in order to make sure that I'm creating the best product for our guests as well as the best working environment for our people. So I always challenge uh, our managers and, and HR team here. I want to make sure I have more than my fair share of the best relevant talent that will allow us to be best in class and providing service for our for our guests. And and one of the ways you get there, you have to con continuously innovate, uh, create new thoughts, new ideas, new enhancements to your product, to your food, to your service, to your entertainment, to your spa. Um, to the shore excursions, all the things that make up our business. And so not every idea works. Um, so you have to allow people to innovate, fail fast, learn from that, and then stack on top of it. So in my experience, the big innovation, it's not a big bang. It's not you sitting around and eureka having a magical thought. It's a series of moves, 
Uh, somebody has one idea, it may work. Somebody tries something on top of that, that might not work. But then you learn from that failure and then stack on top of that. And then you work, you look backwards and you've created a significant innovation that works for the company uh, and, and for our guests. And so creating an environment where people can show up as their true self, share their ideas openly, openly debate and challenge one another in a friendly environment, um, try things, fail quickly, learn from those failures, and then get to the ultimate success to create the win-win for our shareholders, our guests, and our and our employees. So innovate, fail fast, learn from it, and then move on. Uh, Absolutely, am- amazing steps. You know, ma- amazing steps. Uh, so what what I was one of the things I was especially taken with when I had the opportunity to visit with your VP of HR. Uh, Margaret Durante, who is a, an, an amazing woman, just you know, very, very brilliant, really gets culture, uh, really passionate about making it happen in the organization, is how, how diverse your culture is. I mean, you've got folks who work in you know, admin, and you have, and as you said, uh, you know, admin and support, and then as you said, out on, out on, the, out on the water. And e- yep. e- each boat you know, has a different captain with a different leadership style, with a different perspective. And everyone is all about creating these magical moments for the consumer, but at the same time, you know, safety is a huge, a huge issue. How in the world are you able to operationalize that perspective in such diverse, you know, environments as you know the corporate environment versus the onboard the ship environment versus the hospitality environment versus the captain and crew safety environment? Um, that's got to be an, a, you know, a huge challenge. Well, it is, it is, uh, and it isn't. And what I mean by that is, so again, you know, this organization has been in existence for over 143 years. So there's a whole lot that we do and have been doing right for a long time. And so our roots date back to, uh, our connections date back to the Netherlands and, and our connection to the, the Royal Dutch family, and we're flagged in that part of the world. And so wonderful, strong legacy uh, as uh, executing safe and efficient cruising. And so there's rules and training and procedures that are in place relative to that. And, 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 and we've got, as you mentioned, some of our captains and a really strong legacy uh, in, in terms of our ability to execute um, safe and efficient cruising. And so those rules are established and in place. And as a person, again, that's new to the cruise industry, uh, those aren't things that I came into to change and revolutionize. In fact, there's not room for lots of... Um, debate around some of those things because those are those are steadfast rules and processes that need to be executed and adhered to and we have processes in place to manage that then on top of that you've got as you mentioned hospitality when you look at the cruise industry it's almost like six or seven businesses in one so there's the safe execution of the cruise it's first and foremost but then you've got hotel and you've got restaurant you've got retail you've got shore excursions you've got spa you've got casino you've got onboard um entertainment activities. You've got things on shore. So a plethora of, of things that come together to create the cruise experience. And so depending upon the piece of the business I'm talking about, uh, the tone and tenor in which you manage it is a little bit different. So as you can imagine, very different tone and tenor as it relates to the safe execution and sailing of a cruise than the tone and tenor around maybe entertainment or around food. So clearly, I like lots of input from guests and from our employees around how can we improve the entertainment experience or what things can we do different from a food perspective and how do we bring the local taste of a particular part of the world on board. We have lots of discussion and debate around that. 
as you can imagine, not a lot of discussion and debate about how do we sail this ship uh, safely. Captain and crew are in charge of that because that's their, their, their expertise. Sometimes I'll get a guest that wants to help us out with that, and we can't really allow that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no kidding, no kidding. Well, so it sounds like the really, really important stuff, the mission-critical stuff, has been established and around for a long time, and then it's just a matter of keeping those in place while you build these new beliefs, behaviors, and assumptions that maximize the performance of your people and the synergy of your team and integrates all the diversity in such a way that – that the outcome produces these amazing moments for your customers. Absolutely. And, 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 and there's always a desire to invite input for continuous improvement, whether it's technical to the programmatic aspects of what we do. Clearly, you have, uh, you have to go through dis- different testing depending upon what it is that you're trying to change. It's one thing to say, well, we're going to change the ingredient in this dish versus we're going to try this, uh, this uh, music group versus we're going to try this approach to being more efficient from a technical and safety area. So we're always looking to improve and creating an environment of continuous improvement, but the discipline that you have to put in place, the, you know, this idea of fail fast works well with things where you have room for that. Clearly in the area of safety and uh, security, you have less room, so you have to test things a lot more diff- uh, thoroughly before you institute new things in those spaces. Yeah, very well said. So Orlando, uh, you've been around for a few years as as both an executive and an HR professional and a, a consultant, and I'm yep. sure you've seen a lot of organizations and a lot of uh, structures that you know may have wanted to accomplish these amazing beliefs, behaviors, and assumptions, but never got there. Where where have you seen, or, or what are some of the pitfalls that you've seen that these types of high performance Beliefs, behaviors, and assumptions start to cause a start to deteriorate in an organization. What are some of the trouble signs that leaders should look for? Yeah, well, it's one thing you know. I, I, you can look at every major CEO and and, and look at their presentations or analyst rep, uh, reports or uh, any of the speeches that they might give inside their shops with their employees, and most of them say something to the effect of "People are our most important asset," mm-hmm. and will make promises along those lines, mm-hmm. which is which is great, but you have to believe it. You have to follow that up with actions that would allow people to really believe it. So, so I, I try to extend an invite. I have been extending an invite to our employees here to share their ideas. Now, when those ideas come, you have to listen to them. Uh, that doesn't mean you do them all. And sometimes you get back to the, the organization and say, well, thanks for your ideas. This one we're not going to do for this reason, but give me another one. And then the ones that you are able to bring on board and execute, you communicate that, you thank the organization and uh, celebrate the success of the things that work, even celebrate the things that didn't work so well, thank people for that, but here's what we learned from it, which is going to make us a better business moving forward. Um, A lot of organizations start with the invite, start with the words, but fall short on on really believing it and and, and in trying to have honest execution of, of, of those behaviors. And then employees get frustrated. Well, you asked us to give you input. You asked us for ideas. You asked us to behave this way. We're trying to, and you're not responding. And not that there aren't hiccups. There's always going to be hiccups in this process, but you have to give the organization some sense that you're sincere in your efforts and desires to try to engage and behave differently. Otherwise, the employees will give up um, on what you're inviting them to do. All right, guys. It's halftime. 
Time to bring in Bruno Mars to do the commercials. Okay. All right. Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> this is good stuff. Uh, we'll be right back, everybody, after these messages. Uh, you're listening to Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and com. Every Holland America Line cruise comes with a great story. In Alaska's Glacier Bay, we saw an orca whale jump 10 feet into the air. We spent a day on a private island in the Bahamas. White sand and turquoise water. We even had a long lunch with an Italian family in their olive grove. Stories of Holland America Line's classic style and service. Somehow the crew seems to know what I want before I do. I love the live music. There's blues, pop, classical. I took a cooking class, a spinning class, and had a hot stone massage all in one day. Holland America Line. Savor the journey. We danced on the deck under a million stars. Holland America Line offers more than 500 cruise itineraries to destinations around the globe, including Alaska, the Mediterranean, Northern Europe, the Caribbean, Eastern Canada, New England, Australia, New Zealand, and many more. Call your travel professional or visit hollandamerica.com. Ships Registry, the Netherlands. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy, to-do list, done, supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better, that politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say, rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, excellent cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms. They go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. Hey, we're back on Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com slash podcast with Orlando Ashford, the president of the Holland American Lines. Before the break, Orlando was talking to us about 
some of the obstacles that he sees get in the way of having a great culture of ethics, values, and employee engagement. And uh, did a really fine job, I think, of of laying out exactly what some of the challenges are that get in the way of leaders. Uh, I want to go back to a second, uh, Orlando, to what, what you shared before the last break around most CEOs always stand up and say that people are our most valuable asset, but that where that gets broken down is in the execution, or as you said, they say it, but they don't really believe it, and if they really believed it, they would execute on it. Uh, typically, what, what we've seen in organizations, especially organizations of your size, I mean, 16,000 employees is a lot of people, and uh, especially in an industry where uh, people and their choices and decisions and beliefs mean almost everything, you know, from safety of your passengers on a, on a cruise line to the amazing moment guest experience that, that you are known for building and making happen. Uh, typically, what happens is, is the larger an organization gets, the more difficult it is to filter those types of mindsets and beliefs all the way out. Even if the CEO really believes them and really acts on them at his level, typically where it has a tendency to get lost is at not the direct report to the CEO level, but the next two levels before those. What have, what have you seen along those lines by way of your experience and uh, you know what? What do you recommend that leaders should do in order to make sure that this execution element, as you call it, really happens at at the next level? Yeah, and so I, I agree with you completely. Um, it, a lot of times, it gets stuck in the middle. It gets stuck in the middle. And so, um, two things. So, first and foremost, as a as a leader, as a CEO, um, it's important to set a context in that invite and create that environment with your direct reports so that they can experience it directly and, and move into it. And then the next phase is to then push to make sure that they are creating that for their people, because that's what sometimes it does get stuck. So, yes, I'm enjoying this open environment and my ability to share ideas up, but the level or two below me, we're going to continue to manage um, in a certain way. So how you get at that? Uh, I, so some things that I do, so I do, uh, we have these, what we call coffee connections, yeah. uh, and then, and then lunches with the president, with the president. And so these are opportunities for me to meet with people at all different levels across the organization. Um, uh, you know, we'll get 30 or 40 people in a room and, Hey, tell me what's happening. Uh, what's working, what's not working. And it's a way for me to, to get insight. And then I can oftentimes figure out departments where there's where it's getting stuck where maybe the the leader or the manager is is not creating quite the open environment that um, that we that we need uh, and so we can figure figure that out by either coaching that particular manager or making some other adjustments so I do that and those are more formal so lunch with the president or coffee connection I do a lot of management by walking around sort of an old concept but it's pretty simple and so if I have a little window in my day, um, uh, 15 minutes, half an hour, I literally just get up and walk around and we'll pop my head into some offices. We'll say hi to people. We'll uh, make it a point to go out to the lunchroom and sit and have lunch. And I'll sit by myself. I'll start by myself and just, hey, how's it going? Or grab some people. And you'd be amazed at what you find out. And I find out areas in the organization where there's blockages or where there maybe there's some problems or people aren't 
um, hearing things or people feel the invite to get more involved but don't feel like they're in a particular function or department or team that's completely welcoming to that and so how do you break that uh, break that up because I I need everybody thinking bigger I need all the input and all the ideas we can't do them all but if you don't have people um, participating you you're, you're definitely going to miss that opportunity that could revolutionize your business or could be the next big idea or the, or, or the, the catalyst to the next big idea that's going to make your business even better so I I always I feel like I have to push to create that environment otherwise I'm putting my business at risk yeah and that and that's that's my mindset so good old-fashioned management by walking around and then making sure that you ask the deep questions and acting on what you hear is that what is that pretty yeah. much cement summarize? I, I absolutely, but I, but I had it started with making sure that people had a sense of me, and then ultimately um, the, the leadership team as being open. So when I first arrived, and people didn't know me, and I didn't know the organization, people weren't sure. I I, I tease the organization sometimes, you know, where people literally were afraid to get onto the elevator with me when I first got here. And I remember this one time the elevator doors open and there was two or three employees and their eyes got real big and they go, oh, oh, it's him. And then they stood there and the doors closed. <laughs> and and so at my first town hall, I made a joke about that. And I said, okay, guys, so I've been here two weeks. Um, some of you are scared to get on the elevator with me. This isn't going to work. You know, I won't hurt you, I promise. If you get on the elevator, uh, I promise I'll be nice. And we all laughed. But then literally when people first got on the elevator, they said, hey, I'm getting on the elevator with you. I said, okay, how's it going for you? You know, we kind of laughed about it, but through those jokes, um, we began to break down some of those fears, worries, concerns, and now uh, people literally you know, will send me emails from the ships, from here in the office. Hey, Orlando, I have an idea. Hey, Orlando, here's a thought. Hey, uh, here's something that I saw today. I, I had this interaction with a guest. I think we can make it better this way. So once I start to see that, and then I know we're moving in the right direction. Um, to create an environment where we're all working on continuous improvement. Yeah, that's well said. So you're at, you actually will get emails back from the ships with suggestions and recommendations. Oh yeah, all the time now. And a year and a half ago, uh, you know, they're nervous to get on the elevator. So, so we've gone from nervous to get on the elevator to hey, Orlando, here's an idea. So that that is a really good sign. Yeah, very well said. Very well said. So. Uh, the last oh five to ten years, the Gallup organization has sold corporate America on the idea that uh, if you have employee engagement, you have everything, and uh, everything great comes from or employee engagement. Uh, and then more recently, uh, new data is popping up, even though employee engagement in the last two polls has gone from seventy uh, percent of U.S. workers saying that they're disengaged at work to a whopping 69.5%. We improved a whole half a percent in two years. <laughs> in two years. <laughs> and globally, it's like 80%. Uh, lately, uh, uh, we're hearing a lot of input around the fact that you could actually have a highly engaged organization and go out of business. And uh, it sounds like uh, what you're talking about is the healthy balance between engagement and effectiveness. How do you balance those two, Orlando, given all the complexity of, of your industry and the, as you said earlier, the years and years and years of, of infrastructure that's been built to really build a foundation of the right type of uh, safe experience on the cruise, you know, on the boats, especially. Yeah. Well, so to me, I've always 
felt it was important to be really transparent about the different constituencies that you are serving. So when you run a business, you're serving uh, the guest, right? So none of this happens without the guest because you know, we're creating an environment that attracts the guest. Um, but we're also serving employees. I can't serve the guests if I don't have employees, but I'm also serving the shareholder and corporate. So this is a business. It has to perform uh, well financially in order for in, uh, this to work. So all three things have to be in place. So sometimes organizations only talk about one and they try to hide the other two uh, or only talk about two and try to hide the other one. I think it's important to talk about all three and to make sure that we are managing balance between all three. Are we taking care of the guest? Um, but we do have to charge the guest. This isn't free. Uh, they would they would be most happy if we gave them the the, the cruise. But we can't do that. Otherwise, we wouldn't be in business. Um, we have to make sure that we have employees that are engaged. But uh, engaged doesn't mean um, that they don't work. They have to work. They have to execute and deliver. Uh, and so, if they don't execute and deliver, um, we can't satisfy the guests. And so, they wouldn't be happy. We have to do all of that and make sure we do it in a way that allows us to be profitable. Because if we're not profitable, we won't be here. I need all three. And so we have to talk about all three and understand that all three need to be satisfied. And, and you know, this, this elusive win-win-win that I was talking about earlier, uh, I believe in the win-win-win. I believe we can achieve it and can pursue it. And, and for businesses that are able to do that, it's great. We can create a great environment for guests, create a great environment for employees, and can do it in a way that's profitable and our shareholders are happy. And that's that's the ultimate business to be in. Um, another thing I'll, I'll mention: uh, you talked about the 69.5 percent of of people that are unsatisfied, unengaged in their job. I think one of the pieces that's missing in that concept: um, engagement at work is one piece, but if you think about people's lives, people need to need to have good financial health, physical health, and health at work engagement. And, and and so there is some research out there that's talking about looking at all three and what's the role of the corporation in helping to enable all three. Because if a person is financially healthy, they make a good living, they invest well, they're protected, they have the right insurance, um, they show up better at work. If a person is physically healthy and so they have the right health insurance and go see a doctor and are on top of any ailments that they have, well, then they tend to show up better at work. And then when they show up better at work, they perform better, they get promotions and raises and rated in a good way, um, and and that feeds that circle with the financial health and then the physical health. And so what's happened is corporations spend a lot of time talking about engagement, trying to create happiness and engagement and all those things, um, but you need all three, in my opinion, in order to really have a fully functioning employee that can serve all three of those elements which then fits into what I talked about before, which is serving all three of those elements uh, in terms of the uh, shareholder, the guest, and the, uh, and the employee. We got to go to our last and final break, which means when we come back, it's the power part of the show. We pack in as much solid, amazing content as can go into the last 10 minutes of the show. It's going to be awesome. You'll be right back, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Clay 1180 AM and ExcellentCultures.com. This is Biz Culture Matters.
every Holland America Line cruise comes with a great story. In Alaska's Glacier Bay, we saw an orca whale jump 10 feet into the air. We spent a day on a private island in the Bahamas, white sand and turquoise water. We even had a long lunch with an Italian family in their olive grove. Stories of Holland America Line's classic style and service. Somehow the crew seems to know what I want before I do. I love the live music. There's blues, pop, classical. I took a cooking class, a spinning class, and had a hot stone massage all in one day. Holland America Line. Savor the journey. We danced on the deck under a million stars. Holland America Line offers more than 500 cruise itineraries to destinations around the globe, including Alaska, the Mediterranean, Northern Europe, the Caribbean, Eastern Canada, New England, Australia, New Zealand, and many more. Call your travel professional or visit hollandamerica.com. Ships Registry, the Netherlands. Remember when your company was awesome? It was you against the world. Successful strategy. To-do list, done. Supersonic growth. But over time, the sharp edge gets dull, and good is good enough. Why? Because companies forget that bigger is not always better. That politics crush people, innovation, and creativity. And before you can say, rotten corporate culture, social media posts are infecting your business. The answer? It's not just your corporate strategies, it's your corporate culture. Excellent companies know that bad culture eats great strategies for breakfast. These guys really get it. Whether you're a family biz or a Fortune 500, or a new biz and want to get it right, excellent cultures can bring you back to awesome because they get it. What they know for sure? You don't need another consultant. Excellent Cultures gives you what you need to get what you want. Bottom line business results that last. How do they do it? With successful business leaders as coaches and proven scientific data. They read your company's culture from inside out. Think MRI. They give you fast, accurate bottom line tactics. They don't treat symptoms. They go for the cure. Based on science, they reveal the hearts and minds of your people using proven and concise data, not warm and fuzzy psychobabble. And here's the kicker. You get supervisors who coach and inspire, workers who love their work, and everyone, that's everyone, not just the boss, takes ownership and accountability. It just doesn't get much better than this. And if you're wondering if Excellent Cultures works, just ask a few of their grads. Don't let the culture monster eat your strategy for breakfast. Check it out for some free advice from one of their experts now or start it yourself with their complimentary online business culture MRI. We're back on Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 and excellentcultures.com slash podcast. We are interviewing Orlando Ashford, president of the Holland America Lines. He is uh, sharing with us his perspective on uh, what is a culture of ethics, values, and employee engagement, and what impact does that have on the performance for an organization with over 16,000 employees and diverse cultures that uh, facilitates memorable moments and a guest experience on every continent on the planet. So very, very large organization, very diverse and a guy who really, really gets it in terms of, of, of culture and performance. Gave us the best definition of culture we've ever heard from a CEO who we didn't have to educate 
that it was all about moving from uh, innovation or innovative ideas to failing fast to relearning or learning from the failure and then moving on. And uh, Orlando pretty well has that perspective and that process nailed. So Orlando, before the break, we were talking about the Gallup engagement poll and how, you know, in, in, a, in two whole years of surveys all over the place and focus, we've actually moved from 70% disengaged workers in, in the U.S. to now 69.5. We've improved a whopping uh, half a point. But the other important uh, characteristic or important uh, statistic in that survey was the number of employees who told the confidential poll that they actually actually hated their jobs. And in that perspective, you know, it used to be 18%. In the most recent poll, it's moved, again, another whopping half a point improvement. 17.5% of American workers say that they hate their job. And the most common reason for hating their job is they hate their boss. Uh, Jim Clifton, year before last, or actually survey before last, it was two years ago, wrote in his cover memo to announce the poll, he called this new generation of bosses the managers from hell, and that the managers from hell uh, were, in essence, what was blocking the vast majority of employee engagement. And, and the problem with these managers from hell is they don't know they're a manager from hell, and not only do they not know that they're causing these type of, as you said it, beliefs, behaviors, and assumptions – that come out in terms of employee performance, but they don't know what to change in order to, you know, essentially fix it. So qu question for you is, is along these lines, you know, and you said it before the break so well that it typically, you know, gets lost in the middle. And in, in, while you can be moving around the organization and doing these great town hall meetings and the management by walking around and getting input and ideas and innovation from your folks – uh, the relationship that exists between the manager and or the individual employee and their boss or the manager and the manager's boss seems to be where it where it gets lost. What what insights yep. do you have on that piece of the puzzle, and what can our listener, listeners learn from you on how we can can better impact the metal and the quality of those relationships that exist between employees and bosses out there in the lower part of the organization where things typically get lost. Yeah, one of the concepts that I'll that I'll talk about in my in my upcoming book uh, is you know this idea. I, I always say when I do these speeches, you know, life's short, life's too short, and it's too short to to, to have a bad bottle of wine or to work for a bad boss. And so when when you spend so much time at work, um, if you're in an environment where your boss is um, belittling or mean or or inappropriate or any of those things or maybe uh, you're just afraid of them like they were uh unknowingly afraid when they when they shouldn't have been afraid like the folks you mentioned before the break that didn't want to get on the elevator with you absolutely and they no, didn't have a good reason absolutely. for it absolutely well they didn't know me so, yeah. so until you until you know otherwise you know, you, you know, people made made an assumption and so my job was to fix that as quickly as possible but um if you're going to create an environment where people can show up to work as their true self speak openly, uh, feel empowered to make decisions. Um, if, I, if I'm not getting that, then I believe that my organization is at risk. And if there are managers that are keeping that from existing, then we have to figure that out. And so you mentioned uh, Margaret Durante, who you spent some time with, uh, who leads HR for us here in Seattle, and she's helping me with that. And so one, it's setting the expectation 
around managers and leaders and, and, and the kind of environment that we need them to create. Hopefully those that are on my direct report team are experiencing it directly with their, their the, the way we work together and then encouraging them to do that and then and then me going throughout the organization and testing and reinforcing that. So these skip level meetings and, 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 and coffee connections and things like that are ways for me to test. And then when we find problem areas, we have interventions, whether it's, you know, let's meet with the team or meet with the manager um, to try to sort and figure that out. But, but, but we have to have leaders and managers that are creating these types of environments uh, in order for the ultimate success uh, of the organization to play out uh, over time. Because, as I said before, I believe that I'm putting the organization at risk if and when I don't have that. Very, very true. Very, very true. So so typically, um, the folks that listen to these podcasts are everybody from a from a middle manager to a CEO of firms from startups to Fortune 500 operating divisions. So, you know, big perspective, you know, big uh, kind of wide range of leaders. If you were going to speak to those guys and gals in the middle that you identified earlier where things tend to, tend to get lost, where probably if there are any managers from hell – uh, existing in any organization, that's probably where they are. And they typically don't know that, they don't realize it, nor do they know what they need to do to change it. Uh, what advice could you give to to a middle manager in your own organization or any other organization? What can they be doing in order to foster this culture of open, candid feedback and uh, capacity to recover quickly from a mistake? Yeah, oftentimes people have the perception that leadership is something that you do to people. And I believe that leadership is something that you do with people. And the most powerful thing for a leader to do is to invite feedback, invite input, uh, invite some perspective from his or her team and direct reports, and to create a level of vulnerability. It's the most powerful thing uh, a leader can do, particularly if they've never done it. So... Uh, I'll personalize it, and so um, I, I've done a version of this with my team, and I've always done this throughout my career. So at some interval uh, in working with a group, I'll usually do a 360, where I'll invite a third party in to come and interview uh, my peers, my boss, those that uh, are on my team, and get feedback uh, in terms of things that I can do more, better, different. Um, and that's that's one step, and a lot of people will do that, and then they get the report and read it themselves and then decide what they're going to do. I've tended to get those reports and then share it with my team. Hey, here's what you guys told me. Uh, I, I don't care who said it. This is not about attribution. This is about understanding. And so based on what I'm reading here, this is how I'm going to try to be different. Is this what you meant? Is this what you're, what you're suggesting? Are you guys comfortable with this? And if I behave this way, will this make for a better environment for us? Very powerful. Very few do it. But yeah. extremely powerful. Yeah. So, uh, so take take that uh, anonymous confidential feedback, and without disclosing who said what, because you typically don't know in a three sixty right. uh, or right. or a one eighty, uh, and put it on the table and and say and become vulnerable. You know, guys, here's where I want to improve. Tell me, tell me what I can do to change this and how I can get better. Uh, is huge, and and uh, that's typically the step that that gets lost. Because uh, folks are afraid to become vulnerable and uh, right. actually own anything that might not be producing um, rainbows and unicorns, for lack of a better way to describe it. 
I, I agree completely. And 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 again, most employees will love that one because you know they, most people appreciate when a person opens themselves up and makes them some, themselves vulnerable. But two, here's a chance to make my boss better. If I don't like my boss, I can make him at least good. And if if my boss is good, I can make him great. And if my boss is great, I can make him even greater. Doesn't matter uh, wherever you are on that continuum. But to come in and say, well, gee, how can I make your world better so that we're a better team so that we can produce better results. I've never seen a group not want to go there, um, but very few leaders take that opportunity. And for those of you that are listening that have never done anything like that, I would really encourage you to do so. It will transform your relationship with your direct reports and your team and even your peers Um, uh, because very few people do that. And so it's a powerful opportunity to make your leadership even more powerful. That is a perfect, actionable step to close on. Orlando, thank you. Hey, my pleasure. I really yeah. appreciate the opportunity to meet with you guys and, and meet with your uh, with your guests, and hopefully this has been helpful. It's awesome. been extremely helpful, Orlando. You did a wonderful job. Thank you for being so transparent with so many people in an online experience. We Guys, we're done. You can get this and you can contact Orlando if you'd like from our landing page for this show, and you're going to find that at excellentcultures.com slash podcasts. And right now, go get your free assessment, excellentcultures.com. Click punch the monster, and you're going to start your culture assessment of your business today. This has been Biz Culture Matters on Clay 1180 AM and excellentcultures.com. See you next time. 